0: Carl, would you please stand for the scripture reading. Today's reading is from Romans 14, 1-13. Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another, whose faith is weak, eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another, another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat to the Lord and gives thanks to God. Now whoever get to, and does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this reason Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Why do you treat them with contempt? For we all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord. Every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle on the way of a brother or sister.
1: Let's continue standing as we pray. Lord, would you help us this morning apply these verses of not judging? And Lord, when there is judgment and it's towards us, Lord, we give that all to you. You are ultimately the one who is in charge. You are the creator. You are God. Lord, create in us holiness that we might be holy as you are holy. Lord, we pray this in your name. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and all God's people shouted, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So today we're gonna look at this passage. It's an interesting one, it's a long one. It talks about freedoms, talks about how we all have our own opinions, and it talks about how we should not let these opinions and things that we do cause others to stumble and we should not judge them. Let's get right into it. The first point this morning, we'll put it on the, the screen here, is this. Acceptance is important in the church. Acceptance is important in the church. Another version of the Bible puts it this way uh, in verse 1, it says, welcome the person who is weak in faith, but not in order to argue about differences of opinion. When we gather as the people of God, it should not look like a political argument where there's people with opinions fighting back and forth. I remember I went to seminary, and so many fellow seminary students, when I was getting my master's degree, they were from different backgrounds and church backgrounds, they loved to argue and debate and put each other down and say, "Well, this Greek version of the Bible says that." Well, this version says this, and they would get into it. And I would constantly hear from the professors reminders: Like, guys, listen. Let's not debate this, but rather let's discuss this." And I think that was an important lesson to be learned in the church that when we get together. We should think that acceptance is important. Our own opinions when it comes to things things shouldn't matter more than the people. Let's look at this passage. Romans 4, chapter 4, verse 1 says, Except those who are weak in the faith, without quarreling or disputing, one's person's faith allows them to eat anything. What is this talking about? We're going to get to the context. Let's look at this. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak only Vegetables. It's kind of interesting. It reminds me of this bumper sticker. It, it, it maybe has some context here. But the bumper sticker is like the, the one weak in faith eats only vegetables. It reminds me of this bumper sticker that says uh, that vegetarians is the old Indian word for bad hunters. <laughs> so, like, what is, like, why is this? Like, what is going on here? We're going to explain this in just a second. We're going to get into the context here. But what is like, what is going on here that, that Paul is saying of uh, those who are weak in the faith eats only vegetables? Verse 3 says, And the one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat anything uh, everything must not judge those who do, for God has accepted them. So it's talking about like, vegetarians versus... People that do eat meat, like it's still a debate today, I walked, as I was walking to church this morning, the stop sign next to our house says stop, and then someone underneath the stop uh, put the sticker that says eating animals, (laughs) (laughs) so still this, this debate is raging today, but what in the world is the context here? I used to teach uh, a Sunday school for our college ministry up at New Life North, and it was very nerdy, and we kind of prided ourselves that we were the nerds of New Life, and and I would say, okay, let's get into some things here. Let's talk about hermeneutics and exegesis. When we come to a passage that we don't know what is going on, we do need to look at the the Greek and the Hebrew, the the author, the audience, uh, the context, the genre, and and see what in the world is this passage talking about? People say, you know, let's just take this passage and apply it straight to today. And we have Christians who argue about things like uh, should a Christian get tattoos? What? What music should a Christian listen to? Only Christian music. Or is classical okay? Or is non-Christian? Is the radio okay to listen to? And Christians,
0: like people like us, we argue about this stuff and we fight over it. We fight over,
1: should Christians be involved with going to work out and doing yoga or not doing yoga? We fight about this stuff. Christians argue about... Um, which versions of the Bible in English we should we should use. Christians argue, uh, this was just last month, about Halloween, it's like, what can your kids dress up at all? Can your kids only dress up as good guys and not demons? And Christians begin to argue about all this stuff, causing division over things like opinions. But I ask you again, like, what in the world is Paul saying here? If you read this passage and read it again, Paul's talking about food and meat and not eating meat, what is going on here? Well, the context, getting back to context is important. The author being Paul, writing to another world, the Roman age in, in the first century. Paul is talking about something that was very important for their day. In their day, in this time, people did not eat meat. Christians were not eating meat because meat was sacrificed to idols back then. So I've thought about like, what would a modern day example of this look like like what what could this look like it's something that's a little foreign to us and so I've made up this little scenario for you are you ready yes. yeah so some people get together let's say the people that uh, that have cows and, and, and butcher the cows they, they, they're really into the organic uh, grass bed uh, hormone-free, non-GMO, etc. etc. stuff for their cows. And then they take it one step further and they say, you know what, let's, let's, when we kill this cow, let's sacrifice it to mother nature, you know, like kind of like the circle of life in their mind. Like let's give it back to nature. And so they hire people who are like priests for mother nature, like a uh, 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 Wiccan or pagan or just something like they have their own thing. And when they kill the cow in a very humane way. Way, they sacrifice it to Mother Nature, and, and the, they begin to sell this meat as meat that's been sacrificed to Mother Nature, and it's the best meat you can get. It's, it's the corn fed, or it's, it's sorry, it's the, the grass fed. That's that's the good stuff, right? The grass fed, free range, hormone free, GMO, and it's been sacrificed to Mother Nature at the time of its death. And what begins to happen is people say this is kind of cool, I'm gonna start buying this meat. This meat starts showing up in uh, little niche uh, supermarkets, and then it becomes, let's say a few years later, it begins being so- sold all over the country at like, Safeways and Albertsons and King Supers. And so here this meat is, like you see it as a Christian. How many of you would buy, how many of you would not buy this meat if you saw it? How many of you would not buy, so I see like four hands, the rest of you are okay with buying the meat? Okay, so there we are. So some of you would not buy the meat. The majority of you are like, yeah, whatever. Or maybe some of you didn't hear the question. Like, what is he talking about? I'm trying to explain. This is the. This is where we are this morning. I'm trying to explain this passage of scripture in my own little scenario for modern day. So think about like the popularity of this meat. It begins to be more and more, and then pretty soon, like they kind of like the organic. Uh, the thing you know that that's kind of taken over the supermarket. It's like oh, it's organic versus not. And imagine this kind of meat becomes so popular that, that it becomes the only kind of meat that is sold. Like and so it begins to be the, to the point that you can't buy pork or beef or poultry or even fish that's not under this brand of of animals killed in the name of Mother Nature at the time of their death in a humane way. And so that's all you can buy. How many of you would rather become vegetarians than eat this meat? I see, I see, okay, I see a couple of others. So this would cause division, right? And so this is the context in my own little scenario here, as your pastor, uh, trying to help us understand. Like, that's what's going on here. In the Roman age, meat was just sacrificed to idols. And it was really hard in this ancient world, unless you were a farmer with your own cows or goats, it was really hard for the average person to get meat that was not sacrificed to idols. This becomes a big deal in the church. You see this in the book of Acts as the stories are, go through, and you see this here in Romans. Like This was the big deal of the day, meat sacrificed to idols, and Paul by the way, gives people permission. He says, you know what? Meat is just meat. And even if it's been sacrificed to an idol, that really doesn't make anything. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And Paul says he's giving people permission to have their own opinions, and that's okay. Let's not cause each other to stumble. So that's the next point here. Do not cause to stumble. The main point here in this passage is not causing brothers and sisters to stumble, and the, the Greek here, the, the Greek word gets into uh, to, to not set up a trap, on is this Greek word? Don't set a snare for someone. And our English word, to, like if someone goes in a scandal, well then they are brought down, and th- they are they are entrapped in a sin. Uh, the the vision here, the the analogy is is one of taking like a rock and putting it in the middle of the trail so that someone coming after you will stumble and trip on it. And so don't do that. Don't get caught up so much in your own opinions uh, of things that that becomes the main thing and we cause each other to argue and to stumble. And secondly, don't hand people over to like the the desires of their flesh. Like if you meet someone, like in this weird little scenario that I made up, up, if someone has committed so I'm just gonna eat vegetables because every meat that I can, I can only get meat that's been sacrificed to idols and I don't wanna eat that meat, so I'm only gonna eat vegetables. Paul says, well, well, don't cause them to stumble. Don't bring before them a big plate of meat. Don't throw a barbecue and, and invite them in just to cause them to stumble. Don't do that. Don't, don't place a, a block, a stone in the path for other people to step on and for, for them to fall upon. Don't introduce people to new things. I think about this all the time when you know, our culture is, is one of just going and having fun and pleasure and getting the most out of life. And so our culture is like, well, try new things. Do, you know, Go out there, get it. Try a bunch of things. And I think about... People that, that do that to the you know, the extent of, of sin. I was watching a documentary on uh, drug use in America. This this woman who they were interviewing was a heroin addict. She said her life is just horrible every day. She thinks about killing herself and instead she shoots up and, and does horrible things to get money for this heroin addiction. And the interview asked her, well, when did this start? And she said, well, on, on my 16th birthday, uh, a, a family friend of theirs was over and gave her heroin for the first time and introduced her to this new thing. And I thought, What a horrible thing to do to someone, to cause them, for her, for the rest of her life, to cause this stumbling block, putting a stumbling block in their way so that they might fall. And Paul says, don't do this. The the reoccurring theme here is don't do that. The church is too important. The the people's souls are too important. think about uh, another similar example to this is, uh, you guys familiar with the Springs Rescue Mission in downtown Colorado Springs? Anybody? Uh, it's a homeless shelter. for. It's got a men's side and a women's side, and they don't just house people. They, they also feed them, and then they take it a step further, and lots of people who are homeless struggle with addictions of alcohol and drugs, and they have a rehab center there, and some guys in Manitou, uh, one of them went to the program, got pretty far in the program, asked Need to be their mentor, and so I said sure, and his thing was alcohol struggles with, he's a severe alcoholic, and he was in the program asking me to be his mentor, so I went to the mentor training and sat down with this guy who was just telling me about the program, gave me the tour, and they kind of just presented some scenarios, like, like if, you, if you take this person out to eat or to, for a meeting, um, make sure, especially early on in the program, the first couple weeks, you don't even take him to a restaurant that sells alcohol because he could see it. He could see it from across the room and just cause him to stumble. And he said um, there was this example of someone close to, um, they'd spent almost a whole year in the program, they're about to graduate, and their mentor uh, had invited him to just a football game with a bunch of guys, and at the football game, they're watching at somebody's house, there was a bunch of beer. And this this guy is looking around and close to graduating and just thinking to himself, and his thing was alcohol, and he's a severe alcoholic. And he thought, you know, I've been sober for almost a year now. I'm looking around, and all these other guys are drinking, and I just want to be normal. So he had a beer, and that led to another beer, which led to another, and then led to that night, not going back to rehab, but going out drinking, which led into uh, a couple weeks of binge drinking. And at the end of that, this guy's telling me the story of something that just happened a few months ago. This guy ended up drinking himself to death death, and ended up dying of alcohol poisoning. And this is like, okay, this is real stuff here. that's causing people to stumble. Paul, you know, says again and again, don't cause another to stumble. Don't bring these things back for people to stumble upon. Because this next point here is this. People are more important than opinions. People are more important than opinions. So Paul is bringing bringing this argument of meat and not eating meat. He also throws in this argument of, of some people think days are more holy, holier than other days. Like, we can get into, if we wanted to, we can make church all about this opinion of what days should we celebrate, I know, these holidays, or these holidays, or which day of the week should be our Sabbath, and we can make that the huge argument. Paul says, don't make the, the opinions, don't make those the big thing. People are more important than opinions. We all have convictions about how to honor the Lord, and what I'm not talking about here is a moral relativism. Make sure as you leave here today, you're not that. old well, Joe says, you know, anything is, is, you know, as long as you think it's okay, that's okay for the church. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not talking about things of sin. I'm not talking about adultery and theft and murder being okay. So, like, well, let that stuff go. No, that stuff is sin. Here, I'm talking about different opinions, how different people want to please the Lord. So since I was a college pastor for a long time, like 10 years or so, uh, 10, 11, 12 years, actually. I I had a lot of people ask me uh, over the years. They 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 have different opinions on dating. Can we talk about this for just a second? So (laughs) dating. Uh, this is 20 years ago now. This is uh, 20 years ago. A book came out called "I Kiss Dating Goodbye." Do you remember this book? Uh, some of you are like, "Yeah, it was my my text for dating." Uh, so 20 years ago, this book came out, and I had some personal friends who took this very seriously. There was a group of guys, about three or four guys, they were like, "They're never gonna date again," and they had this idea of like what dating was, and then the, the opposite was like courting. They were they, they were just like the never daters. In fact, they were all um, they, they were all in this program in the college called the Nav which uh, yeah, 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 but they, they happen to make this joke, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not just the navigators; we're the never daters." And I was, I mean, they were a weird group of guys—three or four of them. And they didn't. They didn't want to date. They wanted to be single. They called themselves the Bachelors to the Rapture. Is they had this little nickname for And they would go around, And so when people would start dating, they would judge them. It's like you shouldn't be dating. They would just like tear into other fellow Christian guys. And like, why are you dating? And each and every one of them, um, they're all. They all like ended up like giving that up. They all started dating, and they're all married now. And I think, <laughs> Why they had this opinion on how dating had to work, and they were so vehement on it, and they just brought people down, and they judged them, and I think, why, Even you know, looking back at that, that was so damaging to this little group that I was involved with at the church at the time, and I thought, don't do that, like, the people are more important than your opinions. Again, once again, we're not here talking about like uh, sin versus righteousness and unrighteousness. Paul in this context of Romans 14 just comes off preaching off Romans 13 and he says things like this, let's behave decently as in the daytime not in carousing or drunkenness not in sexual immorality or debauchery, not in dissension, that's like arguing and debating, and not in jealousy. Verse 14 of of this previous chapter, rather clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Think about this, um, okay, we're not talking here about sin versus, um, versus righteousness, we're talking here about opinions and debating over these opinions of how things should work or how someone should live their life, and how easy it is for all of us to start judging each other and causing uh, separation. And I think about um, like churches will often do this. Like we will take another group and, and say, "Oh, well, we would never associate. We would never, never recognize them because they're you know they say this about this and they say this about this, or or just not wanting to do things together as a church." And, for example, we at New Life Manitou, every week uh, on Wednesdays, we serve uh, a pantry. Some of you have come, some of you helped, and, and by the way, it's every Wednesday, one to two. Uh, we, it, it's Christians and non-Christians, it's Christians from our church, it's Christians from another church, and it meets in a church that's very central in, in Manitou, St. Andrew's Episcopal Church, and so it's different Christians and non-Christians all working together to feed people who are hungry. And we could, like we could begin to start debates and throwing out our opinions of this and that, well your tradition says this, and you guys do this, and we could just start fighting each other. Instead, for the last year, we've laid that aside can we just come together and feed hungry people for an hour every week? And, and that's what we've been doing. And there's been some remarkable fruit from that. We've gotten to feed some some very desperate people and be there for them. I think about just this last Wednesday, there was a guy, it's from one to two. So this guy came in at like 155. And, and my guess is that he's been living in the mountains. Like this is a real story. This just happened on Wednesday. My um, I, I guess is he's been living in the mountains for months. And he came down. And to the pantry and found out that we were giving away food. And he was so polite and said, Is this food free? Can I, can I have this? And we said, sure, of course. It's yeah, take some food. And it was the very end of the pantry, so all we had was some vegetables, that we had uh, a bunch of cans of corn. And he, he took the cans of corn, and said thank you so much. And he looked and he saw some clothes. And it's clothes that people just donate for, you know, to take some or, or bring some. And he said, are these clothes, can I have are these for everybody to take? Just yeah, take some clothes. And this guy, all he had on was shorts and it was cold out. And he went over to this clothes rack and he just took some clothes and he just started putting clothes on. Like, this is Wednesday, this is real life, this is Manitou. And I thought, where is this guy coming from that he doesn't have clothes right now? Like, why? it's cold out, why don't you have clothes? And he took this food. He took some cans of corn. He asked for a, if, for a, if we had a can opener. I said sure. So we I said, can you open these cans? Yeah, yeah sure. So we opened the cans. And Rachel, or she she was there. Like he he asked for a spoon, and we gave him a spoon. And he began to eat two cans of just cold corn out of the can. It's like I've been hungry before, but I don't I don't know that I in my own life have been that hungry before. And here's someone. who who came to the pantry. Here we were as churches and as Christians and non-Christians leaving aside our opinions and our arguments and, and saying, let's serve people food for an hour on Wednesdays and we run into people who are so desperately in need of food, thank God that we have come together and we're doing that as church. I'm just proud of us, I'm proud of a couple other churches in town, I'm proud of non-believers who have just come together and leave opinions aside. And Lord, you be the one who is in charge. Brings us to the last point here. Paul says that every knee will bow. He's quoting a scripture from Isaiah. And I'll read it here, the context here, starting in verse 10. He says this, You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Why do you treat them with contempt? For we all will stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, and he's referring to uh, this passage in Isaiah, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So that each of us will be given... Uh, an account of ourselves to God. Let God be the judge. Specifically, Paul's here talking about people's opinions and living life and how we love to argue. It's like let's let's let the Lord be the judge. When people try to ju- judge us, and, and we, it's it's hard. Like I know I've been the recipient of. People judging me, and then I have this image that I think of sometimes. It's like an old churchy, you know, Christian image of the Old Testament. When someone is blessed by God, someone is anointed. They are covered in oil. I think about David when he was anointed king. The oil goes on his head. It drips down, uh, and all, and he's covered. in, like they didn't have lotion back there, back then. So they have like olive oil. So that was helped your skin. And when you coat your Pan like if you're cooking, you coat it with oil. Does stuff stick? No. That's kind of like why you use it. And I think about this this churchy image of being anointed by God and people judging us and people looking at us like we're evil or bad because this that. And I think about well, if we are anointed by God, then that stuff's just not going to stick in our lives. It's an image that I think of sometimes when when people have said, "Well, you got it all wrong, Joe." Think you know if I'm anointed by God and I'm just caring about what the Lord thinks. And he's the judge. Well then Lord anoint me so that this will just not stick to me. And I think about the, what Paul here is saying. is: Don't pass judgment on other people. Don't be that in somebody else's life. And have your own opinion of something. And, and bring people down for the purposes of bringing yourself up. The whole theme here in the book of Romans. Uh, that we've found as New Life. The subtitle of this sermon series. Is faith in faithfulness. Of God, faith in the faithfulness of God. That if we truly trust the Lord as Him as our Judge, He is the Creator. He is the one in charge. Then He is the one that will judge. We don't have to be that for each other when it comes to our opinions. I think about um, as I conclude here. What what does this mean for us going forward in this church service? uh, We always conclude with communion. I think about what communion represents. Is, is trusting the Lord, that He is the ultimate one who is in charge. He is the one that, that gives grace and, and life and mercy to us. And when we are, I think about some of us in here, like, oh, the Lord is gonna judge us. I think, well, that for some of us, that's like, oh, what's, what's He gonna do? What's he, how is He gonna judge? I'm a little nervous about that. Well, He's the Lord, and, and we should fear Him. He is the great judge. But he is also merciful and that the, the image of communion is Christ's death on the cross his mercy, his body his, his blood shed for us that we might be fully covered and fully restored before him and being made righteous so would you bow your head this morning with me Lord we respond to this teaching Lord and we ask you to make us right Lord would you cover over us with your mercy, Lord, we are all guilty of, of judging other people with, with our own opinions. And of course, we are all just the recipients of being judged at times or being bullied or being um, accused of things that maybe we didn't even do. Things that other people have and they put on us. But would you bless us and would you anoint us? So that only what you believe, only what you say about us, there are things that we would believe about ourselves, that we have been made righteous and holy. But well, we take this moment to stop and we say, Lord, would you forgive us of sin? Would you forgive us of, of being people who, who come before you and, and are not? Um, we, are, we, we, take, we take, Lord, we, we take from your creation. And Lord, we judge other people, but Lord, you are faithful to cover over us with your mercy and your grace and bring us peace. So Lord, we respond to you. We lift up your holy name in this place, Lord. We love you. Amen. Would you stand with me, everyone? We're going to say this prayer together that we say each week. It's a, a prayer of asking the Lord to forgive us. It's a prayer of um, responding to the Lord and and preparing our hearts for communion. If you'll say these words with me in unison, we'll we'll pray them. It says, Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart